0: Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulted with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. I'd unravel every riddle
1: for any individual in trouble or in pain.
2: With the thoughts you'd be thinking you could be another if you only had a brain oh I tell you why the oceans near the shore
1: I could think of things I never thought before and then I'd sit and think some more I would not be just a nothing
0: my head all full of stuffin my heart all full of pain I would dance and be merry, life would be a ding-a-dairy if I only had a brain. Whoa! Welcome to a Thursday night this time, rather than a Friday night. It's your host, Larry Aluciato Crane, back with another edition of The Logic & Larry Podcast. Everything I say on this podcast is strictly my own opinion. It does not reflect the opinion of any other entity or any other person. This is my opinion as a private citizen just talking to you about the musings in my own head and what I see in the world. I'm glad you've all joined me on this new medium. I've been agitated a little bit this week with all the narratives flying around and all the things going on in the world, but it brings me joy to play some dope music and kick it with you and discuss the events and the news of the day. And I'm so glad that so many have decided to migrate with me to this new medium, this Podbean app. I know it's a little bit um, different, but it seems like everybody got on with ease, and that's good. Facebook was just creating too many problems. The audio last week was terrible. And then today I tried so many times to just test the audio to see if it would come through well, and it just wasn't so i wanted to make sure the audio quality was good because look you're here to listen to me and my voice has to resonate properly but you're also here to hear the music and i got some a really good musical lineup for you tonight while we're talking some harsh reality some politics some things that are tough to get through we want some dope music behind us so i wasn't gonna let that be drowned out by bad audio quality so Thanks for joining me on the new medium, and this is the medium that I really launched all the recorded episodes from anyway, so it works out. Now, why did I start the show, other than the dope 80s music, why did I start the show with the famed song, If I Only Had a Brain? Well, for those who don't know, most do. If you need a quick refresher course, I'll tell you. The If I Only Had a Brain song was sung by the one and only Scarecrow in The Wizard of Oz. And Why did I select the Scarecrow song? Well, it was great. It was a, a double-edged sword, right? On the one hand, he's wishing he had a brain because, not literally, but people need to be more intellectual. People need to think more. People need to get down to the nuances of things going on around them if they want to solve problems, if they want to fix our imperiled society They really need to use their brains. Secondly, the scarecrow is made of straw. And tonight's theme is straw men. There are so many straw men out here, I can't keep up. And I'm significantly confident that I can tie in all my grievances this week, and the news this week, and the nonsense this week, by simply reiterating the old adage of the straw man. Now, for those of you who don't know what the straw man is i think most of you do if you're listeners to logic and larry you should know what it is straw man is a fictional opponent a fictional point that you want to counteract and in the in the context of logic and argument a straw man is a point that the opponent never made it's a premise that the person you're arguing with has never argued yet you want to attack The straw man, you want to attack the fictional reality rather than the actual reality because it's better for your point. It's better for your position. And I want to talk about straw men this week before I take phone calls. I want to talk about straw men because I see a whole hell of a lot of straw men out here and it's, does it cause any trouble to me on a daily basis? Should I even care about straw men? I don't know. But something in me, I can't just let things go that are non-factual. I can't just let things go that are false narratives. I can't let selective outrage go. I, I I don't know what's wrong with me, but something in my brain has to stand up to the nonsense, especially when it's happening in mass and when it's happening mass hysterically amongst a, a large group of people, and it's in my face all the time. I, something about me I can't tolerate it. So. I want to break down these straw men and I want to I want to break down some facts about things that happened this week. And I want to break down and call some people out, you know, not individually, but call people out for what I see as attacking a straw man and and riding a wave, riding a social media wave and a populist wave rather than actually getting down to the nitty gritty of what we need to do to fix our problems in society. So here, here's what I want to do. Let's talk first As we get into these straw man things as, you know, something that maybe people aren't that familiar with. But let's start here. As some of you may know, Rutgers basketball is in the NCAA tournament for the first time in 30 years. First time since 1991, they are in the tournament. They would have made it last year, but for COVID, they're back in the NCAA tournament. They're playing Clemson tomorrow at 930. And if you were wondering why the show was switched to Thursday, (laughs) that would be your answer. So... Rutgers is playing tomorrow, and the prominent guard on Rutgers, who has been there since the beginning of Steve Peichel's career, who's the coach, who has kind of led the resurgence of Rutgers basketball, is somebody named Gio Baker. Now, Geo Baker is an acclaimed basketball guard. He's a a solid athlete, um, and he's a, a very bright young man with a lot of opinions. Now, he seems to be somebody like me, and I say that meaning... Gio, I guess, has had it with reading people's opinions about student athletes and about people just opining about what they go through and what they should think and what they should feel because he said recently in social media posts that he just can't hold it in anymore and he's been just going off on social media at different people kind of like you might see me do sometimes and sometimes i go off and then i delete it because it's just i gotta calm myself down but i just can't take it i gotta lash out at the nonsense well geo's been lashing out and he's been talking a lot and it's all over the the internet it's all over the sports media he actually started a hashtag which has now been retweeted by ron harper jr and it's been retweeted by Jordan Bohannon of Iowa and other prominent Big Ten athletes and other prominent uh, D1 athletes in general. And it's a hashtag. It says, hashtag not NCAA property. The hashtag is not NCAA property. And what are they saying? Well, first, let's look at the straw man. There has been a debate going on for a long time regarding student athletes getting paid for Playing sports, and there's people on both sides, right? Some people say, Well, they should get paid because they dedicate so much time, it's almost like a job. They generate a ton of revenue, so they should share in some of that revenue for the school. And other people say, You know, of course, they shouldn't. They're amateurs, they're getting a free education, the free education is worth so much, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. Now, me, I'm somebody who believes, look, a free education is worth a whole hell of a lot. And If it wasn't, then I wouldn't be in such deep student debt and have to pay for it every month and have such a burden. A free education is a a hell of a compensation for playing sports, and no one makes people play sports. So I'm somebody who thinks that student athletes shouldn't necessarily get paid cold hard cash just for playing. And by the way, they get paid the free education, room and board, they get meal allowances, they get clothing, they get other perks for playing sports. So it's not like they get nothing, but it's in the form of other things. Secondly, most people don't know this, but unless you're in Ohio State, unless you're in Alabama, unless you're in LSU, most athletic departments actually run a deficit. And that's because while the football program might make a ton of money and the basketball program might make a ton of money, Every other program, the field hockey, the men's and women's soccer, the volleyball, they all lose money. Because they gotta transport students across the country, they gotta buy uniforms, they gotta give them scholarships, they gotta pay for their room and board, they gotta pay for their meals. So they lose money. So if the football team is making money, it's actually eaten up and drowned out and actually goes into a deficit from paying for all the other sports programs. So I'm somebody who thinks you shouldn't be paying student athletes straight out, right? Now here's the interesting thing. Geo Baker, the Rutgers shooting guard slash point guard, he agrees with me. far as I know, he agrees with me, far as I can read what he says. He doesn't think student-athletes should just be paid revenue. But Geo Baker, there's another aspect of the NCAA, and this is where the straw man comes in. So, the straw man that people who want to go against Geo, who want to criticize Geo, who want to call Geo into question... The straw man that they've invented and that they're looking at, there's a straw man that every student athlete who speaks out against the NCAA, every one of those athletes wants to get paid. They want a share of the revenue. They don't want to be amateurs anymore. They want to be pros. That's the straw man. But if you read or follow any of Gio's actual posts, and he's a leader now. He's leading this charge with the other Big Ten players. If you read anything he says... He actually says he's not for paying student-athletes. He understands the value of a free education. He understands that he gets perks and payments in the form of clothing and, and food and other things. What he's saying is, and this is the truth, the NCAA, if, if, some people might not know this, if you're a D1 athlete, the NCAA has a rule that you cannot profit off of your own likeness, meaning... You can't sign an autograph and get paid for it. You'll be in violation of NCAA rules. You can't get compensated for doing an advertisement. You're not even allowed to do advertisements unless they're sanctioned by the school. You can't be in a commercial. So he can't be in a commercial for Sansone's Auto or any of these Jersey places. You know, the guy who does low, 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 if you're in Jersey, you know, the commercial. He can't be in any of those commercials. He can't do a commercial for Mighty Young's Appliance and Howell. He can't do it. He's not allowed to profit off of his own talent and his own image and his own name. In fact, when they make video games, they make video games that feature the student's likeness. So their number, their height, their, their, their skin tone, their speed, their acumen. If they make a video game completely based on the kid in question, they can't even profit off of that. They can't even profit off of that. They're not allowed to profit off of their own image. Gio, so what happened this week was somebody tweeted out, some sports commentator, that, oh, the NCAA athletes are mad that they're confined to their hotel rooms because it's brutal out there. So they're all in Indianapolis for this NCAA tournament, by the way. They're all in Indianapolis. They all have to quarantine in their own hotel rooms. They can't go out and about. The kids who are participating in in college basketball this year have been quarantined the whole season. They can't see their family. They can't see their friends. They can't see their girlfriends. They're stuck. All right, so now they're stuck out in Indianapolis. And they get these little boxed meals that some of the kids were sharing photos of with the internet. They get these boxed meals. And they have to eat these box meals, and, and they have to stay in their hotel rooms, and it'll not allowed to go outside of that and have fun. They just because the NCAA doesn't want to ruin the tournament because the NCAA knows that the tournament, the TV rights, the betting, everything else is worth a ton of money. So if one of these teams gets COVID and gets sick and gets disqualified, it causes them a lot of agita. For my Jersey, New York Italians, agita, you know what that means. So it causes a lot of agita for these for the NCAA. So. At the end of the day, now, somebody tweeted out, well, these students, what, do they want to go back to last year where they don't have a tournament? They should be happy with what they've got. And I see somebody disagrees with me. Well, let me let me bring up some points here that Gio brought up. Gio brought up, he said, look, if you're on a music scholarship and you play trumpet in the band and you cut a jazz album on the side, you're allowed to make the money off of your jazz album. No one tells you you can't make money off it. If you write books and you're an English major and you're there on academic scholarship, no one says you can't publish a book and you can't make the money off the book. So why is it that athletes can't make money off of what they do? To me, it's a fundamental human and American right. You should be profiting off of your own image and your own accolades and your own likeness. No one else should tell you that you can't profit off of your own name. And to me, it makes the most sense because paying student athletes straight out would be very hard to do, because what if somebody really doesn't generate that much revenue? They sit on the bench. But if you're a a premier athlete like Geo Baker in the New Jersey, New York area, he would get commercial deals and he would be able to make some money. And why shouldn't he? Why shouldn't he? He's done the work. It's his likeness. He's done the work to get famous doing what he does in his region, so why wouldn't he get paid? It doesn't make sense for him not to get paid. Anyway, my conversation about the straw man is simply that everybody is ignoring the nuance of what he said. They're ignoring that he's saying they should simply be compensated for their likeness. And they're acting as if and attacking the premise that he never made the straw man premise that he's advocating for student athletes to just be paid period so every time you mention geo baker if you're not a fan of Rutgers, you're not a fan of geo then all you start saying is well he wants everybody paid he wants student athletes paid i guess they want to make a ton of money i guess they don't understand about the athletic deficits i guess they don't understand about this i guess they don't understand about amateurism blah 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 but he never said it he never said that and here's what's even more Perplexing, And when I get into the other stuff, the juicier stuff, later in this show, you're going to understand it's the same thread every time. There's a point, it's a nuanced point, there's a reality, it's a nuanced reality, and then there's the straw man, and then there's a solution. And the straw man is preventing the nuanced point from reaching the solution, okay? The fact is... The fact is... that if... The NCAA doesn't start compensating student athletes for their likeness. If they don't start doing that, then the student athletes are going to eventually have enough political will. And you know how this political climate is. They'll do anything that's popular with the masses and it's getting more and more popular with the masses and the Supreme Court will do it too. Okay. They will eventually wind up saying that schools have to literally pay their athletes, and if they do that, it's going to destroy college athletics. It's going to destroy college, college athletics going to destroy it because not every school can afford to pay their athletes as i said most run a deficit and athletes are only going to go to the schools that can afford to pay them and they're not going to be amateurs anymore and it's not going to be about the school and it's not going to be about an education and it's not going to be about being an alumni as it has been for over 150 years it's not going to be about that anymore it's just going to be about getting paid it's going to be semi-pro it's going to destroy college athletics why does that matter Because Geo Baker is proposing the only common sense, nuanced, carved out solution to the controversy. He's saying, look, you don't have to pay us a salary, but you better let us, you better let us collect. See this, I don't understand this point. They're going to throw games. If they were going to throw games, they're going to throw games illegally, right? They're going to throw games as a secret. They could throw games now because no one would know they're throwing a game if you let them collect money off their likeness, they're going to get money for an advertisement and they're less likely to throw games. They have to, now they're more likely to throw games because they're not getting paid for signing autographs. They're not getting paid for a commercial. They're not getting paid for a poster. So they got to make money somehow. Maybe they throw a game. If they're getting paid for posters and paid for autographs, then why throw a game? And even if they were allowed to collect those things, they're still going to throw games illegally and secretly. So how does that change? It doesn't change it. I don't understand that. I don't understand that. But anyway... At the end of the day... And you, you could have some sort of... You could have some sort of uh, system... Where they keep track of what they earn. They have to report it. Just like you report your taxes. I don't know. Point is... Point is the straw man. The fact is... If you if you let them collect off their likeness... Then the outrage starts to go away. And if you let them collect off their likeness... Then it's a common sense compromise solution a common sense compromised solution and that's probably the best way forward that should that would be the best way forward and that would prevent the collapse of the entire industry which could happen if they keep having a hard line but my point is as a straw man the kids saying I have a nuanced thing I don't want to be paid but I do want money for my likeness that's just silly that I'm not and they're attacking the straw man that he never made that he wants to get paid and what that's doing is preventing an actual solution if they sat down at the table like we're doing in the chat right now and we exchanged our concerns and we set forth different ways to protect against those concerns and we came to a consensus and we came to an understanding then we would probably reach a solution but the straw man The straw man is preventing the solution. And that's a big, big, big problem. Now on to subjects that fit the same narrative. You have a serious issue. You have a straw man. You have a straw man that takes the attention away from solving the issue. What's the biggest news story right now that I know? Well, somebody in Georgia, a white man, last name Along, got a little goatee, 21 years old. He went into several massage parlors in Georgia, the Atlanta area, and he shot up the massage parlors. From my count, he killed eight people four of which were Korean-American, two of which were Caucasian, a.k.a. white Americans. A Latina man was injured, but he's surviving. And the other two, I believe, are of Asian descent as well, but not Korean. It's all over the news. It's all over social media. It's everywhere, as it should be. It's a mass murder. It's yet another mass shooting in our country. Another mass shooting perpetrated by a young male, with easy access to guns, with a mental issue, and pent-up aggression that we are trying to find the origin of. That's an ongoing problem in this country, isn't it? Young men with easy access to guns shooting up anybody of their choice in a mass shooting and mass murder and then usually either committing suicide or being caught and put to a long prison term or to death. And he's the last in a long, 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 line of young men engaging in mass shootings in this country as of late. And we have an obvious problem. We have an obvious problem in this country with these mass shootings we have an obvious problem in this country related to access to guns young men's mental health and then the extremist position of their choice why do I say of their choice because Omar Mateen do you remember him Omar Mateen was the Middle Eastern Muslim young man who shot up the gay club in Florida he was one of them Dylan Roof was the racist, and I'll call Dylan Roof a straight up white supremacist racist. I ain't going to really play around with Dylan Roof. He was targeting African American people straight the hell up. He's on death row, and the only reason he probably won't be put to death is because the Biden administration may well stay his death penalty while they're in office. Trump was going right through it. I think Trump would have executed Dylan Roof pretty quickly. You had Sarnia, the Boston bomber. Boston Bomber was another one of these young men with problems, with isolation. He chose Islamic extremism. You see, they all fit the same profile, aside from the extremist position that they take. Now, the other issue you've had that I've mentioned on this show, and I wish I had more listeners. I really do, because if I had more listeners, and this was a nationally syndicated show— It would be so much more evident when I bring it back up now after this shooting has happened, what I had brought up two weeks ago or a week ago. If you recall, I said a week ago that there was this uptick on social media regarding Asian violence against Asian Americans. I had told you that this social media phenomenon had been circulating and there had been a a statistical uptick in violence against Asian Americans. And we can all acknowledge that that uptick is, is reality. I had also told you that I had seen these attacks on the news, on video. They had discussed these attacks in news articles. These attacks were prevalent, but these attacks seemed to mostly be in urban areas, and they they seemed to be based on the videos perpetrated by young men who were not white, young men of color. And I said that it wasn't getting much attention because the perpetrators weren't identified and no one could latch on to a grand narrative so it wasn't getting any attention and what did i say i said that if one of the perpetrators wound up being a white male that he would fit the narrative that the news wants to push that being a binary narrative that being white versus people of color that being the narrative they've been trying to push zero versus one This versus that, the simple narrative that they wanted to push, the fact that Asians, Americans are at risk from violence overall, and it's a complex issue, was irrelevant. They were waiting for the right perpetrator so that they could spin the narrative. Now, you probably wouldn't know this, maybe you would, but last week, there was, a big news article that came out, but it got very little press. Very, very, very little press. And it was in Oakland, California. In Oakland, California, a elderly Asian man was knocked out on video because somebody had their cell phone out. What else is new? On video, an elderly Asian man was knocked out in the head and then robbed. He suffered brain injury. He became brain dead and he later died. It was in the news, but no one knew jumped on the anti-Asian violence bandwagon. Nobody knew talked about it. Everybody mostly ignored it, even though there was a statistical uptick in anti-Asian violence across the United States. They did eventually apprehend the man. His name was Teontay Bailey. He was of African-American descent. The news said that he had been preying on several elderly Asian people and he had quite a criminal record and history of doing so. So that would show, yes, that there there is some kind of violence going on against Asian-Americans, right? And I bet white people are victimizing Asian-Americans. I bet black people are victimizing Asian-Americans. I bet Latina people are victimizing Asian-Americans. I bet Asian-Americans are victimizing Asian-Americans. I bet the statistical truth to the victimhood is true. And I bet that it spans across a vast group of perpetrators. There's a problem there. There's a problem of anti-Asian sentiment. There's a problem of anti-Asian violence. We should address it. We should do so honestly. We should do so looking at the all the different reasons why. And it was interesting because when they had the Oakland meeting as to how they could stop the anti-Asian violence after they arrested Mr. Bailey, somebody in the community said well this is the problem you see you don't understand the systemic racism in this country that has pushed african-american people into poverty has created this circumstance where asian americans are victimized and this african-american young man felt the need to rob this person because he's been shut out of opportunity and that was true that was we were starting to chip away at the problem weren't we there is a systemic race problem in this country. We were starting to get into it, weren't we? That was a good point. Was that particular knockout robbery a racially motivated crime? Guess what? Even though that man had a history of victimizing Asian Americans, let me tell you something. In my personal opinion, that was not. That was not a racially motivated crime. He didn't say, I hate Asian-Americans, so I'm going to knock them out. That's not what happened. He said, there's elderly people around here, happen to be Asian. They're more vulnerable. They're easier to rob. I'm hungry. I don't know if he said this, and I'm not excusing them because I don't excuse criminals, period. Second chances, yes, but they need to face consequences and then get a second chance. I'm not in the business of excusing people. I don't care what they did. So he robbed this person. It's not racially motivated. Some people wanted to make it racially motivated. People rightfully said it's not racially motivated. And it wasn't. And that was right. And I agreed. And I said it myself. And if people tried to make it racially motivated, I said, no, no, no. You're wrong. You're wrong. It's not racially motivated. Well, does anybody remember the Cannon Hinnett incident? Darius Sessoms that was where the young boy I think it was three years old three year old white boy was riding his bike and his neighbor who he was friends with 17 year old African American boy walked up to the three year old took a gun out and shot him in the head and he was killed was that racially motivated I'll tell you what a lot of conservatives a lot of Trump people a lot of Trumpies tried to come out with that story and make it a race thing tried to say that was based on race. It was racially motivated. Guess what? I was right out there in the front line saying that's not racially motivated. He clearly was in mental distress. He clearly had mental problems. No one just walks up to a three-year-old and shoots him. It's got nothing to do with race. Just because the victim was white and the perpetrator was black doesn't mean it was race-based. Not every interaction between people of different colors has something to do with race. Sometimes just people. I was on the front line saying, that's not about race. Now, should Sesams be punished? Yes. Of course he should. So now you have this long guy. Shoots up, murders, murders eight people. All right? Murders six Asian Americans, two uh, white Americans, and tries to murder a Latina American who survives. He should be punished and I think he's going to get the death penalty. He's on death row, I bet. He's going to go to court. They're probably going to convict him. He's probably going to get death and he should. (laughs) He murdered all those people. He should get death. He should get death. It's a cold blooded killer. He should get death. He deserves death. Okay, but I noticed and I knew it. I knew it as soon as the perpetrator. Now, I agree. It was a more egregious crime. It was an eight person shot. So it's not just the race thing. But as soon as his race and look and image and everything was ready, the media, not just the media, but everybody on social media, started all of a sudden. They didn't care last week. They didn't care the week before. All of a sudden, they were out in force. Why? Because there was a straw man, a straw man that was built before any of the anti-Asian activism or the, the Asian awareness started. There was a straw man. The straw man was the easiest thing to fit into zero versus two, the binary logical conceptualization of what was happening. It's the white Trump person that's perpetrating the violence because that fits our easy to understand narrative if it's more complex and it's different races perpetrating it we don't know how to how to jump on the bandwagon but if it's our normal thing that we're used to the white perpetrator against the person of color well then that's so easy we're on it we're on it it's race it's race based the morning after it happened, I already saw they had the memes ready, the Occupy Democrats, all these other sites, the memes with Trump on one side and Long on the other side, You know, basically proclaiming and insinuating that Long was a Trump follower and that this was still Trump's problem and Trump started this and this was motivated by Trumpism, neglecting the fact that Asians had been being victimized all over the country for weeks and people had been trying to raise awareness to little avail. This had to be a trump thing this was a trump problem every all of a sudden everybody who had ignored the problem weren't talking about the anti-asian violence weren't saying anything all of a sudden they're triple double quadruple on the bandwagon and me being a somewhat inquisitive person and i totally agree siren and i'm going to get to that in one second i totally 100 percent agree and let me tell you something you i take notice of who likes and shares activist posts when it's not cool to do it and you're definitely one of them i take notice i take notice to the people listening to the show who take it to heart too because we've been talking about this for like a year haven't we haven't we i just am an inquisitive matter-of-fact person who does know a bit about the world when it comes to criminal investigations i don't want to get into it but i have experience with criminal investigations Okay. When I saw the targets and I saw what had happened and I saw where the places were, one of the first things I thought about was, oh, shoot. I bet he shot up massage parlors, massage parlors in quotes, places that were involved in the sex industry. And if you know, because I've, I've investigated places like that. You know where to find clues as to whether a massage parlor is involved in that sort of thing. If you know where to look, you can ascertain that information very quickly. So I I simply looked at the two of the locations where the shooting had occurred. I simply cross-referenced that with the source I had that identifies those places. And I quickly was able to ascertain that, yes, those were those type of places. That doesn't excuse murdering anybody, okay? But I knew that there was more to the story, okay? I don't—I didn't think from that point, I didn't think that this was race-based, meaning to be a hate crime and we should be prosecuting hate crimes and hate crimes do happen and they do exist. A hate crime is when somebody says, I'm going to go out and find somebody of a certain race or certain ethnicity. I'm going to kill them because of their ethnicity or race. Right when I started looking at the information in this case, I said, ah, I don't think this is one of those cases. I don't think this is race motivated. I just don't I think there's something else. And sure enough, throughout the investigation, it turns out this long guy had some issue where he was a bot. he, He came from a Bible loving family which we all know the issues and he's a gun loving family too. Where are we seeing the common threads? Where can we fix the problem, guys, if we really care about fixing it? And he was a, quote, sex addict. Now, whether you believe in sex addiction whatever, apparently it exists. Whatever he's saying, he's a sex addict. What do we, I'm not saying he's right or wrong or I don't care. I think he should be on death row. I'm not defending him. OK, just get that straight up clear. But he wasn't targeting Asian Americans. And that makes sense, right? Because he shot two white people, a Latina person. He wasn't just targeting Asian America. He was targeting massage parlors engaged in sexual activity. And then the word was he had a manifesto, a manifesto, and he was going to go to Miami to target members of the porn industry in Miami. Now, they didn't even say Miami. They said Florida. Why do I know this? Well, there's – if you know anything about what's going on in the world today – There is a lot of controversy right now, and there was a film. I'll get the name of it. I'll post it on the page. There was a film, a documentary made about the porn industry, and it's more in Miami now because Miami has less regulations than L.A. has in terms of pornography. So there's an emerging pornography industry in South Florida, and one of the biggest problems with this pornography industry is its exploitation of young women. They take 18-year-old young women, they promise them just room and board, they promise them money and they exploit the hell out of them and then they leave around 25 when they say they're too old and these women are – have all kinds of problems. They Their reputations are hurting. They don't feel great about themselves and they basically let them loose and they don't give them anything for their efforts. And there's a whole controversy about the porn industry. Now, I don't – That's not what this conversation is about. My point is, it's not surprising that somebody who was targeting sex industry would be going to Florida after he targeted the places in Atlanta. Now the newest tidbit of information out is that, in fact, he was a customer at some of these places. He was a customer. Now why does any of this matter? He's a murderer. He's going to death row and he should. Why do we care? Well, we care because we could be addressing the actual problem. We could be, yeah, I think you're right, Siren. I think it's Hot Girls Wanted. Yes, yes, very interesting documentary, yes. We could be looking at the problem that, hey, it's another young man with isolation problems, mental problems, religious conflicting problems, and access to guns. We got to solve this problem. But instead of doing that, every time there's a mass shooting, I'll tell you, I pray to God it's not a Muslim-American I pray to God it's not an immigrant. I pray to God it's not a young white male. Why? Because if it's one of those three, then somebody on the political spectrum is going to claim that they're justified in their political nonsense instead of addressing the overarching problem. If it's an Islamic American, they're going to say, see, the Muslims, they're terrorists. They're problems. Oh, the Republicans. If it's an immigrant, they're going to say, see, we got to lock down the borders. Uh. If it's a white male, then it's, see, it's white males just hate." The fact is… It's the same profile. The race is irrelevant. But they just want to claim every shooting for their own political nonsense. So now this thing's gotten crazy. And I'll tell you, this is what bothers me about it. I got people in my city who are influential, educated people. I'm going to say these two names and I'm going to repeat these same names every week on this show until they get Justice. And when I donate some of my stimulus money, I'm donating it to these people. Deborah Derrick and Darcell Rivers. Deborah Derrick and Darcell Rivers. Two people in New Jersey. Two people of color, African American people, who were senselessly gunned down in our New Jersey streets, and the families. And the anti-violence coalitions in these cities and the law enforcement in these cities has been begging for somebody to give some information as to who was responsible for their senseless and tragic deaths and not only do they get very little news coverage outside of very hyper localized news media outlets but the same people who live in these streets with with me Who are just as educated and informed on the plight of these people as me who look at my statuses every day and see my stories because i see who sees them they don't ever retweet it they don't ever ask how they can help they don't ever go out in the street and join the anti-violence coalition they don't volunteer around the block they don't even Post a reaction to my post about these people. And all of a sudden, they didn't post about the anti Asian violence last week. They didn't post about it the week before. All of a sudden, when it's popular, the narrative is popular because, uh oh, it's a white male, and we all know that's the problem. They all jump on the bandwagon. And, and what's really sad is they're going to forget about it in two weeks. The people who have been fighting for Asian-Americans who have been victimized are still gonna be fighting and these people are gonna hop off. They're not gonna be involved anymore all of a sudden because they're not getting involved in this because they truly believe that there's some huge issue. They're getting involved because it's the cool thing to do. That's what's big on social media this week. So I'm gonna jump on that train. And guess what? The media and figureheads and influencers, they're all guilty. The truth is this crime was not motivated by race. There's not a racial angle to it. There's just not. And that's the straw man. That's the straw man. The straw man was anybody who perpetrates hateful acts of violence on another group has to be a white man. We can't see the straw man in any other form. Therefore, unless it's the straw man who commits the act, we will ignore the act. We will ignore the problem unless it fits our straw man narrative. And this young guy fit it so perfectly that it exploded overnight. And if I dare challenge somebody on this, they will bite my head off. But they don't dare to just look at the articles they post themselves, which clearly indicate all the complexities. Even Trevor Noah, who's a funny guy, Trevor Noah said, I don't care if it." he says it was sex-based or if they say it was sex-based. He murdered six Asian people. His murders speak for themselves. It's racism. Okay, Trevor. Well, if we're using that logic, Trevor, then was... Tianté Bailey motivated by race because his murder speaks for itself. Was Omar Mateen motivated by race and religion because his murder speaks for itself? Were the D.C. snipers who were African-American, were they motivated by race because the murder speaks for itself? Was Darius Sessoms racist because the murder speaks for itself? That's a nonsensical, bad logical thing to put forth and somebody like trevor noah who's supposed to be an influencer should do better than that and i'm not out here defending this idiot he should be on death row and he will but why are we trying to make up a straw man just because all of a sudden it's a white person who did it i understand the complexities of the country i understand white supremacy i understand white privilege i agree that all of those things exist white privilege exists white supremacy exists we have to dismantle it i agree But eventually people are going to tune you out if you lose credibility how many times do i talk about that that on this show and if you only hop on the bandwagon when it's the perpetrator is a certain color and a certain look so you can fit it into a binary you're starting to lose credibility and you're losing credibility with people that might be down to help and that means we'll never get to the root of the problem we'll never solve anything yeah exactly if he went to russian massage parlors and killed them they wouldn't even talk it wouldn't be a big story they would say it's about sex they wouldn't say it was anti-russian they wouldn't say it was anti-russian they wouldn't if he hit florida first and it was mostly just a mix of people they wouldn't say anything that's because it fits the narrative and it's a shame and and i'm getting at wit's end of dealing with it because it's just okay so now all of a sudden you're this huge activist But yesterday, he didn't say anything. I had somebody on my Facebook today say, they don't say the race of young. He's white in big capital letters. And I said, well, do they usually say the race of the shooters? And he goes, I don't have time to educate you. You don't know the point I'm trying to make. I said, no, I understand your point. I'm trying to challenge it. And then I posted the article about the Oakland thing where they didn't mention the race of the shooter. And he deleted his status. He deleted his status because he realized that he was – the the point was – it wasn't making sense. And there's a, for reference, there's a movie out Boogie right now, Boogie, it's a movie about an Asian kid in Brooklyn playing ball at Queens, I think. And he's dealing with the African-American community because there's a lot of Asian-Americans and African-Americans who live in close proximity and they have their own issues with each other and they, they have their own problems. Most, there's a lot of it caused by white supremacy and the systemic racism. We all acknowledge that. But there are issues there between people that don't necessarily have anything to do with a third race. And it's just interesting that people want to get down on that level and I, I, it, it gets on my, it gets to me. Because while I'm out here every day talking about Deborah Derrick, Darcelle Rivers, and Darcelle, so Deborah Derrick, by the way, she was a 63 year old woman, it was her birthday. She was releasing balloons. She was bu- releasing her balloons and Devo, you make a good point. I mean, when we're exploring why these things happen, I'm not saying everybody who does this is like a bad person. I'm just delving into the the issue that we're seeing, you know, like what motivates people to do this and just pointing out the discrepancies in the logic, you know. But I hear you. You're right. You're right. And it does give a platform. So I'm not even like the people who use this platform because it benefits their cause. I'm not knocking them. I'm not going to people who just join on and then they're going to jump off tomorrow. So Deborah Derrick, she was releasing balloons for her 63rd birthday with her grandchildren and her children. Somebody drove by. She wasn't the target. They shot her. She wound up passing away right in front of her children and grandchildren. She tried to help cover them up while the bullets were flying. Darcell Rivers, he was in chef school in Rhode Island. He came home to visit his mother. He was training to be a chef. He had four children. Somebody drove by him in the street in Jersey City, sprayed bullets at him, and killed him. Neither one of those, Deborah Derrick's much, you know, more recent... But Rivers' case from 2015, I think, they're cold. No one's ever come forth with the information. They don't have any leads. And I don't see many people, I do see some, I don't see many people advocating for them or constantly addressing the fact that African-American people in this country are being slaughtered and killed at alarming rates every day day and i feel like i'm a broken record because all i do is talk about this and i know you guys already agree but i just can't i can't i'm be it's it's tough to deal with because they're dying every day And it's not always at the hands of a police officer or somebody of a different race, but that doesn't mean that it's not because of systemic racism that causes it, it does. Systemic racism causes poverty. Systemic racism and oppression causes lack of good schools. Systemic racism causes lack of police and ambulance response time when people are shot. Systemic racism causes them not to to cover those murders that much, not as much as other ones. And I'm not saying that every single murder that happens in every city we have to be on, but I'm saying what about the ones in your own backyard? Imagine if we all joined together on a 24-7, 365-day basis, not just when the perpetrator fit a certain binary thing that could allow the media to run away with it. But what if every time somebody was victimized, or every time a young person of color was killed in the streets, or died even of COVID, or any other inequality? What if 24-7, 365, we were working to solve those problems? What if every day we were in the streets for every lost life? Every victim, every victim, not just based on who the killer was, but every victim why don't we care more about what the victim looks like than the perpetrator and i'm sorry i went on that tangent maybe people think i'm insensitive but it was infuriating to me that that you know all of a sudden look is is some part of it the fact that i look like the people that that people want to generalize and really rail against maybe because I'm just living my life like everybody else and I'm actually out here every day trying to improve the lives of people. And it's frustrating when the only time people take notice of the lives lost is if somebody who looks like me does it. But if the life loss was not perpetrated by somebody who looks like me, there's silence. After a while, that weighs on your mind, that weighs on your soul. So maybe I am speaking from a perspective that's unique to me to some extent, but I think my logic is solid and objective, I truly do and i wasn't here to rail against people for for caring about the asian victims my heart goes out to them but why don't we talk about the fact that there are a ton of asian american women and russian american women and other young women african american women runaways impoverished women who are white why don't we talk about why don't we talk about the sex trafficking industry Why don't we talk about the fact that most of these women were probably trafficked and that the fact that they were all in one place in a massage parlor on a strip of massage parlors is indicative of the sex industry and of human trafficking. What about that? That's something to really delve into, right? Because they were victimized because of the position they were put in. By that industry, let's talk about that. That's a, that's part of the issue, isn't it? That's part of the issue. How about how white people in that Atlanta suburb? I guess they turn the other way because that strip is functioning and it's live. Remember Robert Kraft? Remember Robert Kraft in Florida went into a massage parlor just like that, and all of a sudden the judge threw out the evidence, and all of a sudden it's never happened and no one cares. Remember that? That's white supremacy. That's 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 all systemic racist problem that we turn the other way to masses of asian american women being victimized by the sex industry that's getting to the solution that's getting to the real problem that's getting to a real crux. And chris you're right they don't want to talk about that it's not pop it's not something because another thing and i say this over and over and over and over and over again People also like to talk about a lot of times what they don't have to bear responsibility for, right? Because if it's the sex industry down the block and you haven't said anything for years, now you have to acknowledge that you were part of ignoring it. Or if it's the person around the block who got murdered and you've ignored people around the block getting murdered for years and you have to acknowledge that you are part of it, you don't want to do that, right? But if it's something that you can point at somebody else – or some other class of person and say see they're the problem then it kind of takes the burden off of you but let me tell you something we're all sharing in the burden and especially white american people are sharing in the burden we bear the responsibility for the systems that have been put in place that are causing this chaos and we can work together with everybody else to dismantle it but we're looking in the wrong places and just like the issue with Geo Baker if you ignore the issue and you substitute it for a straw man that's not the issue at all then you're missing an opportunity to actually fix the underlying problem we've got to do better and the dialogue has to get better We should be talking more logic, this, that, than screaming people down because it doesn't fit our narrative. Now the other thing that happened was this cop, this cop, at the press conference. So remember, that the police apprehended this guy, he's probably going to be put to death for all we know. They apprehended him, they arrested him, some guy says he had a bad day, now that's the big story. Was it stupid to say, you're damn right it was stupid. Now they found up something this guy was selling racist shirts. He probably was. This guy should be fired from the police department for selling racist shirts. But the choice of words, it's like saying, look, I caught the guy. He's going to be on death row. He's in prison. That guy had a bad day. What a dumb thing to say, like stupid thing to say. So stupid, so idiotic. How are you the spokesperson for the police and you say something that ridiculous and insensitive? But at the same time, at the same time why is that the big story today they did arrest him he's in he's done I mean it wasn't like he would they're saying oh, he's making an excuse I don't think he was making an excuse like well he had a bad day young Mr. Young I don't think so I think he was saying the guy had a bad day it was just a stupid idiotic choice of words like no kidding understatement of the century but i don't know that that should be the main story why are we looking at that instead of sex trafficking why are we looking at that instead of access to guns by crazy unhinged young men in this society all over the internet getting extremism, you know extremist views why are we talking about that it's an opportunity to talk about guns let's talk about guns let's talk about mental health let's talk about the problem we talk about this this doof cop fire him fine But why is that the main topic and everybody's on it. Everybody's jumping on it because it's the main thing to talk about. It's the cool thing to talk about. But it's irrelevant, really. It's irrelevant, really. We're so obsessed with this stuff. We've become a nation of straw men. All we do is argue straw men. All we do is debate straw men. Let's do better. And yeah, I was a little—I was a little outraged with this this week, only because I, I told everybody, I told you guys a week ago that this Asian thing, the way it was going, and now it happened. And it's just frustrating. So, like I said, anybody who wants to help me out, I'm donating part of this. Thing. I got—I'm donating to Deborah, Derek, Darcell Rivers. I'm going to mention their name every podcast until we get some action. I tweet it, I—I I post it, just just repost it, just just to raise awareness about it because it's important and it's in your backyard if you're in Jersey. So that's my two cents on that whole thing. I I hope that we, I hope you understand me. I hope you don't think I'm I'm being a jerk or I'm being out of line. I I just, I want the facts to come across because the facts are important. It is also important to ride the sentiment to address anti-Asian violence. That's 100% important. But if it's not racially motivated and it's indicative of a different problem, just like all the other, I think, anti-Asian attacks, most of them have been not motivated by race, but indicative of another problem, wherein, wherein a certain group is being victimized, just like young black men in this country are victimized every day, not just by police, but victimized by a system that makes it more dangerous for them with cops and everybody else. Let's look at why and let's fix the actual problem and not just get selectively outraged when it fits the binary narrative. Let's do that. Now, this podcast, it shuts off after two hour, 120 minutes. We got plenty of time. I'm going to take calls. So anything you want to talk about, we can talk about a totally different subject if you want. That's fine. I had to get that, you know... That monologue out, I think it was important. That's what's going on today. That's what's in the news. I was going to touch on the, the whole Pepe Le Pew, you know, WAP song, but I'm not even going to do it because, it, again, I'd, I'd be a hypocrite if I started talking about that nonsense now after all the stuff I just brought up. All right? I mean, people could say whatever the hell they want about Pepe Le Pew and they could say whatever the hell they want about WAP, and they could fight about it all damn day. Okay? but it really ain't gonna move the needle on any real problem so i ain't gonna talk about it period and i'm sorry i'm speaking the way i'm speaking but hey i got a phone call here and what do i got who do i got who is on the air Rick. rick crampy the man the myth the legend the phantom in your comments section the poet from arizona how are you doing how are you feeling today sir and it's great to have you back on the show after quite a hiatus we were off oh, for a yeah. while, and then you didn't call in the one time. You were busy, and then last week, I forget what happened. I think that the show died or whatever. We had a technical difficulty. So what's up, Rick? How are you? All right. First
1: first of all, I missed you, buddy.
0: Yeah, I missed you, That's too. Great. I really did. I missed these conversations. Really terrible.
1: <laughs> Second of all, this, this Podbean thing is making me crazy because I'm on, a, like, a PC, right? And I cannot comment in the chat.
0: You can't? Wait, why? So it's only – is it a phone-centric app? It's like, yeah, it says, download the Podbean app to chat,
1: and it's like, try Apple, or uh, whatever the Google one is. Android. And, yeah, Android, that's only for phones, and it doesn't give me any information. I spent the last hour (sighs) listening to you, and pleading for help on Facebook from people in your group. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Devon
0: was cool enough to say, "I don't know." <laughs> Devon is cool in general. He's he's been carrying the conversation with you, gone by the way. Him and uh CLR funding over here and Siren. But I can't input, and that's so now I'm a little
1: angsty. So I'm just trying to come down a little
0: bit mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: before I get in. Yeah,
0: yeah calm down. Yeah, just take a breath. You do the woo saw in the nose, out the mouth. What I will tell you is, I will try to work with you over the next week so we could get that sorted out. Because Facebook, I don't know if you noticed last week, Rick, but the quality. Yeah, it was
1: awful. Right. It was awful
0: and and part of what i was saying was like you could hear my voice a little bit even though it was in and out but the music was completely lost and i was like i can't do this again so i was testing all day today like testing test people kept clicking they're like dude are you on the air or not i'm like no i'm just testing and then i finally figured out that PodBean is where i launched every episode anyway it distributes to all the other places yeah,
1: i've watched it. Watch it there i mean listened to yes. it a couple of times yes. three times and just to see how stupid i sounded you know that's what i do
0: yes yes and and so anyway and devon's saying by the way it's fun to comment when people don't attack you and i think that's what's awesome about this podcast i love that you guys have long conversations sometimes i'm not even involved in not even always about what i'm saying because it's just a good place to talk and hang out and just get our logic out and just kind of talk to each other and, and see different perspectives so anyway we'll work on that because i definitely want you to be able to comment we'll figure out what hey, the uh, easy
1: conversation with your dad last week yes on, i heard. Uh, chat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's really just to work some extra ribs if I come out there in
3: July. No, they okay. Okay, okay, cool. Okay, okay. Very cool.
1: Plus, <laughs> well, I was trying to get out of regular, you know, the separate chats when you go to the other window. Yes. And,
0: uh, no fun. <laughs> I saw something so, about that. Oh. Yes.
1: <laughs> all right, let's talk about this. First of all, Asians, just briefly, I'm going to just hit this briefly. Yes. Uh, from ever, from forever. Mm-hmm. That's been a situation. I mean, we have a town here that used to be our capital, Prescott, Arizona. Mm-hmm. There there are tunnels under the street because the Chinese people mm-hmm. were not allowed to walk on the streets after it got dark. Wow. Like those, those dusk rules in the dust. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, and so they built tunnels, which is fucking huge right that's a that's a huge project yes so that the asians could get home after that's working all day insane on the street
0: and that's insane and true and another black eye on our history is the obviously the japanese internment camps and all the other yeah. we've conducted monstrosities on every nine what non-white person in this country and i hope you know i hope i didn't sound like i was defending any of that or, or giving an excuse i'm acknowledging that but yes it's been a problem forever
1: Them everywhere and it's not just white people and that's right. the thing that gets me about this whole issue but that's not where I want to go tonight I want okay to go somewhere totally unpopular that you, you think you were worried about what people thought about what you were saying
0: uh oh wait <laughs> okay yeah. well just make sure exactly. you you think about what you're gonna say before you say it and just say it eloquently is all I'm saying because you know people just because yeah, this day, day and age you know people get the wrong idea about sound bites so just you know but but I'm yeah I'm interested.
1: story from my past okay which is almost 40 years old okay so people know where i stand right so my friend's parents were kind of hippies you know yes they were this is we're talking 40 almost 40 years ago okay 40 years ago to be 40 years okay they had a lot of gay friends right i bartended a lot of their parties in their back room which had a built-in like tiki bar with the roof and everything inside the house
0: so we're talking like 70s 60s?
1: No, it was 80s? Gay, mid-80s.
0: Okay, so mid-80s, okay.
1: So, right, so so they had a lot of gay friends, gay, lesbian, whatever. Yes. They, There was a couple of them that were their friends, so we saw them all the time, right? Yes. And one, there was a group of gay guys, well, not a group, a couple. There
3: mm-hmm. were a couple, Okay. right? Rick and Curtis. Okay. Rick and Curtis, uh, I even worked with Rick,
1: his Rick and a uh, his, my friend's dad, John, they had a uh, landscaping business. I worked with them for a while back then because I had long hair and I couldn't get a job anywhere else. Right. Great guys. Rick and Kurt, both great guys. But back then, there's no marriage. There's no, right. no rights. Right. Not no, at all. There's nothing.
3: Right. Right. Yes.
1: So, so, long story short, I had to watch as Rick went into the hospital dying and Kurt couldn't come see him because he wasn't family.
0: That's terrible. And that was so right, prevalent.
1: So this, this is something that I've been involved in way before it was like hip or cool. And this goes into what you're saying about yes. the, you know, yes. cause du jour. Yes. Right? Yes. That I, I had to watch that happen.
3: Because
1: yes. I liked Rick. I liked
3: Kurt. Yeah. I, I liked them both. And yeah. they were good guys. Yeah. And uh, th- anyway,
1: he had to, so he couldn't go see... Rick, who was dying in the hospital because he wasn't family. And afterwards, because Rick was the money end of that, in modern terms, or not modern,
0: (laughs) the uh, provider, 60s terms,
1: he was the provider. Right. So they had built a house together in this little town north of here, which is famous for its gay population. Okay. And they built the house together. Rick had his business, on and on. So he died. Curtis got nothing.
0: Oh, because the law didn't account for it. That's terrible.
1: Okay. So that's where I'm at. That's where my initial, like, 40 years ago, I'm 15, 16 years old, my social injustice meter just blew up. Yes, Right. yes. Like, I I mean, I was at the hospital. I'm yelling at the people, like, we can't see him. His fucking significant other can't see him.
0: So you were already advocating for social justice for pe- homosexual that's, people who were discriminated against 40 years ago. That's correct. Right. Right. So now,
1: now that's the prelude to what I'm about to say, Okay. it's going to be very unpopular, I'm sure. Maybe not with your listeners, but with somebody somewhere. Right. Somebody's going to freak out. Right. So I've been battling with the transgender community for a long time. Okay. Because first of all, I feel like that what they're doing is destroying all of this work that the gay, lesbian, even bisexual community has been doing forever. Okay. Right? So, uh, and, I, and I don't know, I don't have any gay people in my life right now to really, you know, check that with. So anyway, the, the one I want to talk about, though, is that I was, I have a friend and she posted something saying that uh, if you say non-binary genders
3: don't exist you're racist as fuck (laughs) what
1: racist yeah so the the follow-up to that was many 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 indigenous cultures have historically included more than two genders and to say that those genders do not exist is to say that those cultural traditions are invalid and that and that only the imperialist Gender binary is correct, which is racism.
0: Okay, I could see somebody saying that today. Yes, but obviously so, you weren't thinking about these other indigenous or these other groups. You were making, you know, a point on your own about it.
1: So I'm aware of I'm aware of these other groups, right? Okay. And all the way back from like the Greeks and their, their androgynous people were usually like prophets or seers. Or,
3: yes, yes.
1: Right, but that's androgyny. Right. Right. So I post that, which these people i am gonna suggest they aren't even aware of but i i brought up like them the i'm not i'm not sure if i'm saying this right but the muxes from mexico okay they're, they're like lady boys right yeah yeah the yeah, yeah have those yes warriors uh the hijara right which were i believe india right and then i even brought up the, the two-sold um idea of the native americans some tribes had that the two-sold people are, are like men that have some female traits.
0: Right, right, right.
1: Right, they, they exhibit female.
0: Right, so the uh, cultures right. had long-identified people like this, and they had different terms and different, you know, ways of approaching it for for, for thousands yeah. of years. Right.
1: And that is true.
0: Right. But
1: they were not, they, first of all, most of them were like little isolated tribes of people. Okay. Or like the Philippines have their ladyboys, and that's, sort of accepted but not entirely right so it's not racism but that wasn't my issue my issue was so i said my issue was the imperialist gender binary idea right as if somewhere white people right because we're the imperialists
4: right right
1: somehow convinced everybody that there are only two genders even though that's not true
0: what yeah what you're basically saying is what I gen- I talk about a lot is like there's everything was constructed via some social construct nothing is derived from nature like I mean probably the majority of genders are male or female so it's naturally derived that people see that as the norm as opposed to people got together and said we're gonna make it so there's only two and exclude everything else that naturally occurs that doesn't really right. make much sense Right. right,
1: and right. I was I was nice. I wasn't. I didn't just go in swinging. Right, right, right. I said, you do realize that the majority of people on this planet identify, right. in quotes, as male or female. Right, right,
4: right, right.
1: And I said, it's this kind of language and attitude that prevents non-binary people from being more readily accepted. You can bet none of the other cultures, and I listed them all out.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Um concocted prejudice there they also tend to receive some skepticism and backlash as well so it's not racist
3: right right
1: then i got i got the the gif of the point going over the person's head right
3: yes yes
1: and, and the response was you entirely missed the point the gender binary isn't the natural order of things any more than driving cars or working in offices is like those things still natural to you because it's what you've known as normal all your life and that's fine but you need to realize there are about a million other versions of normal and that's fine and good
0: too actually right so they're saying you are your common sense observations about things that seem intuitive must be actually you're under an illusion because the intuitive observation that you're making is really some social construct very frustrating Yes, that's the but listen, that's the direction that some of this stuff is going. Where anything you say is a product of imperialism or of some kind of subversive, evilly derived uh, ideology, which is tough because you can't have conversations. But let me ask you this: right. no. okay, you said that you thought that the like, trans advocacy was detrimental to the gay rights strides. I don't know that I'd agree. I mean, why do you say that?
1: Because they are pushing They are pushing an issue. Things, uh, okay, go back to my prelude, right? Right. Where that story started. That's in my lifetime. Things have changed dramatically. They can get married. They can have sur- rights of survivorship. They're way more accepted in society. I mean, just watching my kids go through school, there's none of that oh, my God, that guy's gay. Uh, you know what I mean? There's none of that anymore. Right. Let's beat his that. And I'm not saying it doesn't exist in society right. at all anymore. I'm just saying it's way more accepted now. Right. So they finally get some headway. They finally get some legal recourse. And that was my point. I was like, you know, I'm all for equal rights. I'm all for whatever. And I just noticed that even who's that, Sprine?
0: siren i I want siren to maybe siren should call up if she has something to say back because i think that's an interesting point
1: i I don't want to bash her no that's not what i'm saying here but she says gender are man-made what is that institutions
0: basically like anything that we've done is man-made meaning religion anything that exists was probably created by men which probably she's right
1: my response to that to that post that i was talking about right and that's just one amongst many right right i just wanted to use that one as an example right i said my response after being chastised was that i guess those imperialists went out and convinced the entire animal kingdom that that's not right too right they, right. they just convinced them that rush right. male and female and you mate right. and you fight over mates and you and you do the breeding thing right i mean to me that is Again, why I want to talk about this with your podcast, because it's a, it's, it's the straw man.
3: Yes. Yes. No, I, 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 yes. I see what you're saying.
1: No longer exist. We're all just whatever we are. Yes. And the entire LGBTQ plus community makes up like 5%. And and I realize that's Mm -hmm. a lot of people, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? But there's a lot of people. That's only 5% of the community. We're supposed to change. Our way of thinking we're supposed to which is fine right. we're supposed to change our way of addressing everybody we're supposed to change our, our normal institutions to accommodate this small percentage of people which I don't expect for anyone like I don't expect it's, it's the same thing as saying patriarchy to me when everything's man driven male driven right I'm against it. Right. I think that women should have equal rights. I think that everybody should be heard. I think that everybody should have equal recourse under the law. Right. I don't believe that I need to be chastised in public because you identify as a man or a woman, but you look like the opposite of what you're identifying as. And I say, hey, lady, or hey, mister, right. for instance.
0: Not, and not. I
1: get fucking screamed at.
0: Yeah, and you're saying not doing it with ill intent, just simply making an observation and addressing somebody the way you normally would, and then it coming back as if you are some kind of intolerant, bigoted person when really all you were doing was making a plain observation that most people would make is what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my buddy of, of years, my of years, his daughter has decided that she's identifies male. Right. That's fine. Right. She decides she wants to be called Thomas now. Right. That's fine. Right. But get get mad at me because I still see you as the person that I've seen for the last 16 years of your life.
4: Right. Right.
1: You know? It, right. Uh, it, it's the same with the Bruce Jenner thing, right? Uh, like, oh, you can't call him that anymore. Well, that's – I mean, I grew up in that era. I watched that dude in the Olympics.
4: Right. 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 right.
1: So am I just supposed to forget all that now? Right. To, to make other people feel uh, – my point is is that we're now as a society expected to make the majority super uncomfortable or just even mildly uncomfortable, which is my case, in order to
0: – And Siren, don't you know, worry. Don't worry. Hold on. 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 Siren, I'm going to give you the Skype number you're going to call. So hold on a second. I'll give you the number. She's calling – she tried calling in on the, on the Podbean app. So I want to hear – but no, I hear you. I, I think – it's a it's a tough subject because I think part of the issue is that, you know, there's a majority of people, there's a majority of way of thinking, there's a majority that identify, like you said, as one of two genders. And then to say that, well, we don't, which is fine, people should be accepted, they yeah. shouldn't be discriminated against, they should, but you all have to act, you all have to say it's just as prevalent and just as common as what you are. It seems it's tough, right? Like it is. I see what you're saying. I do. But they're
1: but they're but they're damning us and saying we've been manipulated. Right. Right. But Ninety-five percent right. of the population is still hetero. Right. Or even if you say ninety percent, right. right. Because some people hide. Well,
0: you're That's saying yeah, yes. That hetero. That the idea that heterosexuality, which is the majority of the population, and most people would agree that whether you're born hetero or you're born trans or you're born homosexual, that it's a natural occurrence that no one has control over, it seems kind of illogical to act as if the predominant sexuality being hetero is some social construct rather than just nature.
1: Right. (laughs) And and, and to, to make it such a big issue, when it's come so far in my lifetime, that these rights were becoming more equal and that there was the right to marry and and it's being more socially acceptable. Now you just want to, to me, it seems like some of these people want revenge. They don't want equality. Right. So Mm -hmm. let's go ahead and call in. I want to listen to that. Yeah.
0: She's going to call in and Devo said some stuff too. So let me, uh, let me get, let me take Siren's call and and pause back and listen. Let's see what she has to say. Thanks for the call, Rick. And thanks for the, the conversation starter. Okay. So Siren, the number is actually 973 536 2530. 973 536 2530. Call in. 973 536 2530. I want to definitely hear points uh counter to what Rick said because hey, we're we're talking here. Let's 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 talk. I didn't know about the animal thing, so let's let's get the information out there. 973-536-2530. And siren call or whoever is going to call. Devo, you can call whoever wants to call. But Siren, you just were lighting up, you were calling in, so so make sure you call now. Don't leave me hanging. 973-536-2530. Waiting on the call. I'll put the There we go. All right, you're live on Logic and Larry. Who are you and where are you calling I from?
2: Never. Called into
0: the field
2: flat. Huh? <laughs> all right. I said, I've never called into one of these. So, yeah. You know, that's dope. Flat. All right.
0: And you're calling from Florida, right? Because I want people to know we got people from all over the country in here. Okay. So. I
2: mean, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's where I reside. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, back to this transgender thing. Um, I understand that a lot of people feel like that they may be taken away from the movement. But you have to understand that transgender women are being like attack and victimize like constantly Mm -hmm. like and men too as well they're being killed Mm -hmm. at an alarming rate great point as far as biology goes there are like certain situations that you know it's there like um, I forgot what it's called I think it's like uh, like there's like I think it's like Le Chappelle syndrome or something you'll have to google it for me later Okay. where you can you can look uh, like a woman and have male chromosomes like primarily a male makeup or the opposite way
0: yeah so, yeah i mean i think know, we when i learned sexuality human sexuality in, in college i mean they they basically i mean transgender or 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 even a a gender like mentally or f- even part physically, like, like you're talking about, like chromosomes, would not match the biological genitalia. However, the person would actually be a female, literally physically inside. And, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if that occurs in animals. Makes sense. And so, like, I understand, like, a lot of
2: people and then you see them as the gender that you're assigned. But going back to what I said when mm-hmm. I said like gender is a man made institution mm-hmm. um, there going back to what Devo said, there are animals in the wild that have like, you know, they, if they can't find a mate, they will change sexes. Yes. Just to keep the population going. Yes. So you can't say that it's like so these like I said, that's why I wanted to say it's a man made institution. Yes, I am an advocate for, you know, that I have family members that are transgender, really close friends that are transgender, and they go through a lot of things that, I mean, it does come across angry, but it's because of the same compartmentalization that people are doing, like, oh, this is gay rights, you guys are something completely different. Mm -hmm. I mean, if Mm -hmm. you're in a house, for instance, if Mm -hmm. I'm visiting you at your house,
4: Mm
2: -hmm. you're awesome, right? Mm -hmm. Your guest's awesome. Yes. But yet we want to put in society these things where, oh, if you're a male, you have to use a masculine. And I understand that, but things like that just like really aggravate me. You know, Rick. I actually really, I think he's really, you know, I I do enjoy his commentary all the time, but I think that in order to educate yourself, you should probably try to meet someone who is transgender and kind of pick their brain because. It's not like a choice. Just like how we finally realized that being gay is not a choice, Mm -hmm. being transgender is not a choice either. And that's
0: all I really want. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Well, well, no, I mean, even to just elaborate, if you stay on for a little longer, I mean, I think you, you bring up a good point with the bathrooms, right? I mean, we may look at it and say, well, who cares? You know, most people, you know, most people, most people. But they, they are going to be more agitated and more, you know, zealous in their advocacy for the bathroom issue because their whole life they don't want to be classified and they were forced they're forced into that uncomfortable position with the with the binary bathrooms and they're like geez if you didn't have binary bathrooms like when i go to my friend's house then i wouldn't feel so awkward and uncomfortable and 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 marginalized every time i just had to go to the bathroom and so there's a reason they're more frustrated and then you, you made even a, a more interesting point which was that the some in the gay community are exclusionary to their specific cause, which is exactly. also really interesting. And Rick se- seemed to kind of reference that in, to an extent. And that would be another reason why they fought so hard, I guess, to join in with LGBTQ and that academics have maybe made an effort to make it more of an umbrella movement to be more inclusive because of that exclusion. I didn't even think of that. That's a great point. Lastly,
2: their, has their, you know, I guess their revolution, you know what I'm saying? At one point, like African-Americans weren't even allowed to use the same bathrooms or drink from the same water fountains. And, you know, it was the injustice of it. They may have said, oh, they went about it in a violent way. There was the, you know, Martin right. Luther the king way. And then there, you know. Yes, yes, the way. yes. And it just, it gets to a point where you have to fight for, for your rights to be treated as like just your civil liberties just to be treated as a human and it may come across as oh i'm so sorry that this is offending you because i don't know any better but you know it's like when someone wants to be seen as a person it's our responsibility and i know people may disagree with me Mm -hmm. but you should see everyone as a person and how they want to be viewed because that's a civil liberty right there
4: Right. You,
2: can't, you can't say, well, this is my feeling, so I. It, your feelings are good And I think that's where a lot of the issues come in between different groups of people, they don't want to see their side. And we have to look at both sides to make a logical, you know.
0: And I agree with you. About. And then would you say that maybe there's a conversation to be had? For instance, sometimes I see why people would get frustrated because they're trying their best, say, to be accommodating and politically correct, meaning— if there's a transgender woman meaning biological male who you know uh became a woman or vice versa these people would call if they want to be called she they call him she if they want to be called he they call him he but then there's all these other pronouns that people just don't even know and i think people are like well i i'm struggling to know your pronouns so not that you shouldn't be called that but is there some compromise like don't be angry at me that I didn't know the pronoun or it's hard for me to keep up with the pronoun. And I'm not dissing the pronouns. I'm just saying, you know, to your point.
2: I mean, but in general, in general, I feel like um, the conversation should be had. Like I should say, this is how I want to be addressed. And then it should be respected. But right. we've been using those types of pronouns our whole entire lives. Though. Right. Like when you talk about they or them or us, you know what I mean? That will be really hard to to learn to adjust to been doing it, right? Just classify different groups of people. So, right. I think that I think where it comes off offensive is when you have addressed it and said, This is how I want to be, you know, recognized, and then you don't, the people don't do that, right? So right, like, there's been one of the things that really, really bothers me mm-hmm. is when a transgender woman has been murdered, and news reports. Still says he was. Yes. He, you know, yes. It's just beyond aggravation.
0: Well, I think too, you, you brought this up a couple of times, and I think we should just briefly address it because I've noticed this. African American transgender people are especially female, meaning trans females, you know, biologically born males, are are really statistically overrepresented in being victims of violence and murder in this country to an alarming extent. And that somewhat goes to my point about the systemic white supremacist nature that we have causes it to be somewhat ignored and unaddressed. And then there's other issues, not necessarily involving that, where they're the victims and the perpetrators aren't always who we look at. And they are really, really seem to be ignored by society, and they are victimized, like, very frequently. And some people try to raise awareness, but I find it, like, alarming how bad it is and how little attention it gets.
2: Agreed there's so many things that we ignore like that's what i said if it if it's in the headlines then all of a sudden people care right and that's why i you know me i you and i have one-on-one conversations and right. i don't mind doing that i typically right. don't share my views on any type of social media this is kind of a different platform so i feel okay right. but just because i just can't deal with mm-hmm. the ridiculousness of it
0: all no and but, i understand that
2: uh, people who you know but people who know me on a one-on-one, they know like you know what I you know what I fight for. I give a voice to people who don't have a voice and things like that. But I don't share that publicly, and maybe that's a fault on me. Maybe I should start doing it more to kind of open up a conversation. So.
0: Yeah, and I don't think that everybody needs to be public about it. I just think you know if you're never really public, which I noticed with you. You tend to post a lot of humor whenever the situation, because that's a form of dialogue and that's a form of, you know, societal healing in a way publicly. Yeah. And to me, mm-hmm. that's your style, because that's what you do, whether it's a hot button issue or not. So what you're doing privately is your business. I don't think you necessarily need to be public. What I was taking an issue with earlier was people who are public only on certain issues that are popular and aren't public on others. Like they're picking and choosing what they're public about. I think you're consistently not public, you know? So I don't think, you know, that's fine. You know, I'm consistently public. So you know where I'm at. Go to my page any day. You're going to see that I'm advocating for the same stuff over and over and over. Just be consistent is all I'm saying. And I know some people personally in Jersey told them, like, I don't see you where I am every day. You ain't doing it non-public either. So I think it's fine that you're not public. I think we can – we can be public or not as long as we're doing something, but just as consistent. Not everybody has to do something either. Do I think people should? Yes, but not everybody has the obligation. But don't don't pretend you do something when it's popular and then not really do anything. That's what I think I was seeing, you know, and I think we agree on right.
3: that.
2: Yeah. I think, you know, the people that post things like they – their profile picture like yes you know stop oh. the hate and all this and then in two weeks it's like what happened to that issue yes just yes those are the people that aggravate me the most yes it's like if people like genuinely like care about something and they post about it then yeah I'm, I'm fine with that it's just these people who post things just for just for they like say hey you know i'm aware i'm woke yes like that is yeah. the most annoying
0: thing yes yeah. so when you're like yo i see you every day you definitely ain't work woke i've seen your posts yesterday i've seen your pictures from wherever your vacation was i know damn well you ain't woke stop stop pretending <laughs> yeah yeah it gets aggravating exactly. especially when they're piling on to an issue that you know yo we could have a serious discussion if you didn't jump on not knowing what the hell's going on and just add to the the, the mass hysteria so Yeah, we agree on that. We And your comments, I understood too. But that's a great contribution, great phone call. I think it really brought a very good counter perspective to... And I guess your other point was that everything has been created by males. I mean, would you say... Because look, I'm definitely... They always had this this debate. Plato was like, everything's derived from some man-made, God-made thing. And Aristotle's like, everything's actually derived from nature. I definitely am more of the nature people, Aristotle people, philosophically. But I think... Part of your point was, though, I think, and tell me if I'm wrong, we can't, even if we are, even say I, not you, but say I am more of an Aristotle person, I think more things are derived from nature. I can't completely discount the fact, because remember, I'm always talking about facts on this podcast. I can't discount the fact that still every social institution was pretty much created by a certain type of person, and so you can't discount that there was some influence on our norms by that group. I mean, we do live in a mostly male made society and this particular society, American society is white male made society. You can't ignore that. Is that what you're saying?
2: Yes, exactly. Right. I mean I mean, not to bring it to you know, in that view, but yeah. I feel like a lot of the things if we allow nature to just I think a lot of our problems come from having these institutions yes to be honest with you okay and that's pretty much it um i think your friend Vivo might want to call in so i'm going to
0: let him do so okay cool yeah no and i appreciate so, you being on i don't want to keep you too long i just want once i got you on you're a new voice on here you're having a good conversation so i know I, you know me i like to interview i like to go into things so I, my pep i'll I, let I, you go
2: time i'm catching it live too so <laughs> this i would be more active but you do it on friday and i do things on friday with
0: my family i'm thinking so, i'm going to change it to maybe thursday day. yeah if
2: you do it on thursday
0: i'm with you all right cool all right cool It was great having you on hopefully you call back soon enjoy the rest of your night and, and keep tuning in all right sir. bye yeah Devo. if you want to call it's uh yeah Devo. i know i didn't feel, I feel like you ain't you didn't call Devo. but i feel like she just wanted she was done she made her point and that was it now i understand i respect that i respect that okay I understand. People don't be on the phone with me all the damn time. Once I get an interviewee, once I get somebody on the phone, you guys know how I am. I just keep going. I think Rick's calling back. What? Who do we got, Rick? Yeah, it's me. So what's up? So what'd you think so, of that? Those points. I
3: wanted to
1: clarify because obviously, I mean, it seems to me that yes, I've watched. You know, male dogs and male cats try to hump each other Okay, okay in okay. nature. I wasn't saying that doesn't exist at all.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I wasn't saying it, it isn't a real thing. Right. I was saying that uh, there is a biological imperative in science for us to procreate. Otherwise, right. we're done. Right, right. right. I'm, not, I'm not bashing the transgender choice. I'm not bashing the gay, lesbian, any of that other stuff. I'm not. I, I am not saying it doesn't exist in nature as well. I'm right. saying it's not a man-made construct. It is right. a thing.
0: Right. No. Yeah. It's so a yeah. Thing
1: that keeps going with life, and I don't. I don't want to be misrepresented. I know Siren. Is that how you say that?
0: I think she's got to correct me if I'm wrong. I only got that from our mutual friend. Uh, so D rock who we do the other podcast with, he's referred to her as Siren. That's how it looks as spelled. If I'm pronouncing it wrong, please tell me. But he told me that, so I pronounce it that way. And if I'm wrong, I'm pretty embarrassed. But that's how All I right. pronounce. It. Well,
1: that's yeah. how I see it too. But but the the fact is, is I wasn't condemning any of that behavior. I wasn't shooting it down or saying it doesn't exist in nature or saying that you know yes, society has looked down. Yes, when I was in third grade somebody did something stupid and we go, that's gay, but it was never associated in my brain with actual gay people. Right. It was still wrong and that's been eliminated and that's great. Right. You know? No, I agree with that. I don't, yeah. I don't, and it's the same with other racial disparities that I've also discarded in my youth. Right. Right. Because you don't, because it's just wrong, but I wasn't saying that it doesn't exist at all. I'm saying the majority of people are uh, I don't know, quotes male and female, end quotes right in the heterosexual sense because that's nature that's not manufactured by man or or animals to be something that it's not it just is what it is and it's the only reason that we're here and I'm all for accepting LGBTQ plus in society and then having equal rights, that's why I gave the prelude. I just don't want to be misunderstood here. Like, I'm complaining, like, what the hell are these people thinking they're doing? That's not what I'm doing.
0: No, I, I agree. And, I, I look, I, underst- I think... I understand your point. I understand Siren's point. That is how you pronounce it. She confirmed. I, I understand her point. And then Joanna had another point. And yeah. Joanna's point was... And she's an actual biologist, so she knows this stuff, yeah. too. Joanna's point was you know.
1: Evolutionary mechanism.
0: Yes. And so that kind of almost comports with what you're saying. Like, actually, you almost have to gender bend sometimes to procreate in some species. And I understand that in in in, in homo sapiens, that's not necessarily, that's really not, that's definitely not the case. We don't have the biological mechanism to gender bend and, and then procreate that way. Then again, who knows if we had to, if we would have evolved that way. We probably would have if we had to evolve that way. My, I guess my point in bringing that up, though, Rick, is that This is kind of how the show goes, right? You bring a point, Siren adds to it, Joanna adds to it. Now we've kind of all clarified our positions and find out that we're not operating on such a, such a dissimilar argumentative basis. We've all kind of added to the conversation. So just kind of interesting. And Siren makes another point, one of the newer species, true. I mean, I always wonder what we're going to evolve into because... You know, if evolution is this Darwinian thing and evolution is this ongoing process, they already have pictures of what they think Americans are going to look like in the future because all of our races are going to mix, which we are going to be pretty damn good-looking people, which is dope. And then we won't have all these race issues anymore, which would be fucking great, which will be in another thousand years. But – we are, I always think about that. Like if, if evolution is an ongoing process, then what the hell are we gonna be? Cause we're not just gonna stay at the pinnacle per se, unless you're more religious, maybe you think we are the pinnacle. I know it's another can of worms. Just think this is what we do on Logic and Larry, just making the point. We kind of build off each other, even when we disagree and make these interesting discoveries and points and it's pretty cool. I think, I think we're gonna be like Wally. We're just gonna be a
1: bunch of fat potatoes <laughs> in our hover chairs with our computer screens in
0: front of us. Rick, that's, that's the most depressing crazy. thing ever, and I think you're right, and I don't want to think about that. In my depressive, <laughs> when I go through my depressive days, and they're like, oh, you're going to work from home soon, everything's going to be from home, I'm like, I get depressed more. I'm like, yeah, that sounds great until you look at that old. I can't find it because I wanted to post it. I wanted to post it with the caption, in quotes, you're going to work from home all the time. And that There was an old thing, like maybe in the late aughts, the late oos. The late where it was like a, a drawing of a fat guy like hooked up to a computer with like somewhere for he, him to urinate, somewhere for him to defecate, like a, a soda going into his mouth at all times, a burger. Like it was just the the caricature of the future man. And like when they say everybody's going to work at home on their Zooms, I just get more and more of that haunting image in my head. Like, are we headed that way? Like a cyborg thing. I, I, I think we might be. And it's terrifying.
1: Well, you just, you just depressed me by
0: saying that old thing back in the oh <laughs> Hey, listen, that's old because it's that's old for old. me, too. Listen, listen. <laughs> yes, because to you, I mean, but, but listen, me even saying that is me coming of age, realizing how old I am, which is depressing me. So you're just sharing in my, you know, you know, Rick, just a side note. You know, when I realized I was getting legit old was when people like you, no offense, stopped telling me I was young like you guys used to say no you're young and now i'm like i i want you to say... you know it's like somebody who's like i don't look fat and you're like yeah tell me i do, tell me i don't whatever. it's like i look fat and you want somebody to say you don't it's like i always still say like oh, i'm pretty old 36 and you guys used to say ah, yeah, 29 shut up kid now you're like yeah yeah you're getting up here you're not young and i'm like shit <laughs> that's how you you're not- good <laughs> <laughs> that sucks But that's how I know I'm friggin old But Rick, it, this thing winds down to two hours So thank you for clarifying Thank you for starting that conversation I, I didn't want to be
1: mistaken As some kind of asshole that was bitching About the LGBTQ community I'm just saying that This transgender thing Is really pushing some buttons That is going to push people that are on the fence Right?
3: Coming mm-hmm.
1: across mm-hmm. Into a negative place
0: I get yeah, what you're and saying. And like, I
1: think that's the wrong way to fight
0: it. Yes. Yeah, so like we should be fighting more collaboratively. And by the way, Siren said she didn't take it that way. She also, she yeah, likes well. you. She agrees with a lot of your stuff. She just didn't take it that way. And I think what she said and what you said, if we kind of synthesize them, it goes to what yeah. I was saying earlier too, which is like, we got to sit down and talk to get to the, you know, this adversarial, this constant us versus them. And I know, I don't want to get into that with like, I know you know what I mean. I wasn't trying to allude to our yeah. debates, oh, yeah. but that constant thing is not necessarily. And in this context, not productive sometimes we got to sit and, and share things like if you come at everything like against i'm against you you turn people off i, I understand your point totally and she didn't take it that way
1: LGBTQ at all. that's yes. again. That's why i gave the story the prelude story from 40 years ago yes life.
0: and i'm gonna and,
1: and i get the same shit when i get black people yes conversations they're like you don't know your wife. i'm like but we have to have these conversations.
0: Right. So No, I agree and I'm going to when I s- close out the monologue you'll see how I synthesize all that together. I appreciate that it makes sense. So Rick, love you. Question. Thanks for calling in and I'll talk to you next week hopefully. Okay. All right. all right, later. Um so no, just to be honest, like so it's funny because Siren said she's like, you know, I usually don't even talk. I don't I don't call. I don't I don't I'm not that public with things. But this platform seems like quote a different type of platform we had dan spafford weeks ago in the in the logic and larry discussion group say that he didn't want to necessarily delve into some excuse me a certain subject but because he felt safe in this community he delved into a subject and siren said when she was on that you know i mean and rick said that you know look i don't feel this way don't don't categorize me and i think We didn't. No one categorized because I think the beauty of this show is, and I I think it starts with me kind of delving into some, you know, sensitive subjects. And we all delve into these subjects. I mean, this is this is supposed to be and is a platform where subjects that you almost can't delve into that are taboo, that you'll get categorized, you'll get um, marginalized, you'll instantly get labeled if you were to try to engage in those conversations elsewhere you actually can engage in those conversations here and we will look at it logically and we will look at what your perspective is and dissect it and look if somebody were to come in this community none of us that are on here if somebody were to come in this community and and be like a bigot or somebody who was just ignorant or we would call them out we would we would roast them and i would call them out uh, you know on the air and i would make sure that they were identified and that we held them accountable but i haven't had that yet and i I think it's so important that we continue to converse and that we continue to dialogue um without fear of being labeled and that's that's a space we're in i hate to use a term that that's somewhat seen as derogatory these days but we're kind of in a safe space on here and we can engage and i i think we all have built up our again remember what else we always talk about is we've built up our goodwill we've built up our credibility credibility we know each other. We built up our credibility, so you can say something that might get a certain reaction. But because we have credibility, people will pause and listen, and then hit you with a with a counterpoint. And we can all learn from each other and build. And I've learned, as always, I always learn. I just learned from all you guys tonight. Siren was very I Learned a lot. So it's it's just interesting. And I learned a lot from Joanna's point about the the species. I didn't even think of that. That's a great point. We all learned so hey it was successful i'm glad you followed me onto this new medium i'm going to continue on this new medium those of you that had technical difficulties with commenting we'll get that fixed i'll look into it asap but i really did enjoy the pod bean since i use it anyway i think we're going to convert to more of this i'm still building this thing i'm still trying to figure out all the technical aspects of it we'll get there we'll perfect it we'll continue to grow it thanks for joining me i hope you join me again next week We usually do this Friday nights at 9, but I may move it permanently to Thursday or Wednesday or something just because Friday is problematic for some. I'll take a little poll on that, but uh, I'll see you again next week, one of these days at 9, and I can't wait for that moment to come. Everybody enjoy their week. Keep spreading the knowledge. Keep uh, having the good debates, and most of all, enjoy your weekend. Take a deep breath because life is beautiful outside of the political and current events debates that we continually have. Life is beautiful outside of social media, too. So, go enjoy the, the spring breaking. Go enjoy your life. Go enjoy your loved ones. And I will talk to you very, very soon. Thank you for joining me. Good night.